Welcome to New York Institute of Technology's podcast, The Scope. Produced by the College of Osteopathic Medicine, our episodes focus on the medical school experience and how it helps shape future physicians. Learn about exciting new health and wellness initiatives, cutting-edge medical research and technology, and how to effectively navigate medical school. We are excited to have you join us. Good afternoon, and welcome to a special edition of the SCOPE podcast. Today, our discussion will focus on the real-time medical school experience during the COVID-19 pandemic from the perspective of students, faculty, and administrators. We will explore various facets of the pandemic response plan of NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine for its students and how the immediate successful implementation of this plan has positively impacted the current educational experience of our students, as well as the daily lives of our entire medical school community. In addition, the panel will discuss how collaborative teamwork, creative thinking, and an overall positive outlook are all contributing factors to successful outcomes during this unprecedented event in history. Please welcome our guest panelists, NYIT Vice President for Health Sciences and Medical Affairs and Dean of NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine, Dr. Jerry Ballantyne, NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine faculty members from our New York campus, Associate Professor Dr. Joseph Mazzi and Associate Professor Dr. Lisa Hoffman, and from our Arkansas campus, Assistant Professor Dr. Adrian Loftus, NYIT-COM Administrator Dost Kalik, who is our Director of the Academic Technologies Group, and our medical student panelists from the New York campus, student physician Melody Young, and from the Arkansas campus, student physician Seth Jones. And I am your host, Susan Payette, and I welcome you and thank you all for joining us today at this very unprecedented time. Dr. Ballantyne, I'd like to open our conversation today by asking you to provide our listeners with an overview of the immediate emergency response plan implemented by NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine during the pandemic and how this plan effectively provided uninterrupted, high-quality medical education to our students from day one. Uh, Thanks, Susan. Yeah, I, I think two things went on simultaneously. So uh, one was just to have a team put together that can deal with what's going on and what we might need to do. So we immediately put together an executive team that met daily uh, to just respond to whatever was going on. A lot of this was unpredictable. Simultaneously, we needed to obviously continue our educational mission uh, to make sure that our students get uninterrupted education and in the end, we'll be great physicians, right? So even four years from now, when those who are first years now graduate, we need to make sure that they are really the people we want to see in the emergency room at that point or on the floors at that point. Now, we were very fortunate. This half of our curriculum is already online, remotely taught. So we did not have to worry about our lectures, which are already lecture captured as videos, live, or can be played later. What we had to worry about, obviously, with the labs and the small group sessions. And those were transformed uh, partially to Zoom. Uh, some of them used other platforms uh, to deal with this. 
And again, here the expertise uh, that we already had in our academic technology group, uh, expertise with virtual reality in the Center for Biomedical Innovation, and expertise that NYT, our university, had independent of the medical school. We were able to put all of that together to really transition basically over spring break. So the students were off campus uh, for a week. And by the end of that week, we were ready to go fully online. And uh, although it's not perfect, uh, we're very fortunate that we have a student body that is eager, uh, has empathy, and understood it would not be perfect, but I don't think it could have gone any better. Thank you, Dr. Valentine. Technology has certainly taken a forefront position during this unusual and unique time. We're fortunate to have our Director of Academic Technologies, Dost Kalik, here with us today. So Dost, can you tell us how technology experts at the College of Osteopathic Medicine have been able to effectively and immediately respond to the pandemic situation and these unique requirements? Thank you, Susan. It sure wasn't easy, but our technology teams here in New York and Arkansas work together to make sure our students continue to get the lectures and had the resources needed to engage with faculty and staff. One advantage we had was that our students already had experience with distance learning and streaming lectures that were available online. So we wanted to continue giving medical students a similar experience with the resources that they already used and were familiar with. The biggest difference was the introduction of Zoom on a larger capacity to teach. We already used it on campus for small meetings and small sessions. We're lucky to have two teams in New York and Arkansas who are able to centralize resources, organize training sessions, get devices ready to go uh, to loan out to faculty and staff in a very short period of time. My team also converted their home offices into portable lecture capture hubs. Um, this allowed us to continue not only to record and deliver lectures from home, but also to provide live links that can embed it onto a website if it was needed. We kept students updated using our online discussion forum and continue to upload guides and tutorials onto our knowledge base. What new updates, such as technology platforms, programs, virtual class experiences, have been implemented or increased in use during this time? Well, we started to utilize some of the hidden features in Zoom a little bit more. Features like the waiting room, which faculty can use for virtual office hours. We also saw an increase in screen share and annotation for collaboration amongst the small groups. Webinars became a very popular method to present to large groups, especially having two campuses. This was very useful. Doctors began providing patient care uh, using telemedicine. There was also an increase of use in LinkedIn Learning, a resource we offer to everyone at our college. Um, it's an online educational platform that helps you discover and develop skills. We felt that this was a great opportunity for anyone to log in and learn something new or brush up on skills that they already have. Thank you, Das, for, for your input. And I find it very interesting that um, we've been affected in many different ways. Uh, faculty as, as educators, the students as the receivers of information, and administrators such as uh, DOST, indicating how we're, we're all working together collaboratively to provide this medical education experience of top quality to our medical students through this pandemic. So what I might ask is to our faculty members on the panel and also to our students, as an educator, how has this changed 
your methods of communicating information to our students, and what is your experience from a month ago until now in regard to your daily activities interacting with our students and providing their medical education. Dr. Loftus, would you like to comment? I was one of the second people actually to lecture um, coming back from our break and going into this new virtual uh, or online lecturing. And it was definitely something to mentally prepare myself for. And some people would say and think that because I'm not being seen by the camera, that it would be just an easier transition. However, I thrive for the interaction between students to be able to see their face, to see how they're taking in the information as I see it, so, or as I'm giving it. It definitely taught me to be able to lecture to myself and talk to myself as I prepare for lectures, because that's essentially what I'm doing when I give the information. Also, getting ready for small group classes, how was I going to be able to juggle and get everybody to actually talk in a forum of a small group discussion? That was definitely something that was both challenging, but I found very welcoming because I had to think of different techniques to actually let the students know it's okay that we actually have all of our mics off on off of mute and that you begin to talk. Uh, we'll, we'll come to those obstacles if we have to, if we need to. Thank you. And Dr. Hoffman from our New York campus, how has your experience been with your classes? Do you predominantly do small or large groups or a combination of both? Well, as a faculty member and a psychologist as part of the Center for Behavioral Health, I see students in the Academic Healthcare Center. And I'm also excited to share with you that we're starting a sort of open forum for the students on Fridays called Let's Do Us. Give them an open arena to connect with one another, to discuss their concerns, their fears, questions about what's going on with the pandemic. I've had to also adjust in terms of technology, learning all these new and exciting platforms. We have to learn also as educators on how to best be there for our students. And it's been challenging. Definitely have been seeing good results. You bring up an interesting point. As a psychologist, almost immediate change of the environment can cause feelings of, of stress and anxiety for students, faculty, administrators. My understanding is that our college has actively gone out to our students to provide services. We thank you for that. I'd like to talk with our students about this. I have two students, one from each campus, which is great because we were both in the same pandemic situation and we're very joined in regard to providing education, but you probably also are having different individual experiences. So Melody, we'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about the differences for you and maybe you can tell us about some of the positives that you've noticed from this. And then afterwards, I'd like Seth to comment, please. Thank you, Susan. I think first off, I just want to recognize the incredible efforts of the NYTCOM administration and faculty in streamlining and converting um, a hands-on curriculum into one um, where we're still able to receive this information through an online platform. The faculty have been really supportive and enthusiastic and present to help the students through the transition, so that's been really amazing. I think personally, it's been quite a transition because 
I'm so used to having a schedule and knowing like I need to be at school at this time and knowing that I have classes to prepare for, I will prep the material beforehand. But now that everything is online, I have no deadline per se. I heard a quote um, a few months ago, probably at one of the Fit Physicians talks where Dr. Chan talked about a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And I feel like my systems are gone. The systems that were there are no longer there. And so now it's really a test of my personal discipline. Like, can I set personal systems where I can achieve my goals and make sure I get the material done and not procrastinate and procrastinate and procrastinate? Even though that's been a more difficult transition, I think one of the best or the the gems of this entire pandemic is being able to spend time with my family. I have three brothers. Two of them were in college and we had completely different schedules, so I barely saw them. And now that we're all home, we're forced to interact and we're forced to see each other and talk to each other. And it's been such a long time where we've like actually like spent time together. Like we go in the backyard, we play badminton, we play tennis, and it's like stuff we haven't done since we were kids. So it's one of the most uh, joyous, I think, parts of this entire thing. Thank you for sharing with us. And I do think it's great that we are bringing up that although this is very different and there is no doubt about that, there is opportunity for interacting more with family and having some extra time to maybe create different types of schedules. It certainly does raise our individual goals and challenge us. Seth, how is your experience going? And I'd also like to mention to our listeners that in addition to the pandemic, both Dr. Loftus and student physician Jones had the added stresses of dealing with a recent tornado. Please understand that our thoughts and prayers are with all of you and very much would like to share with our listeners how you're doing. Yes, thank you, Susan. A lot of students really adjusted fairly quickly to the new system of being online. Um, There are a number of students that had originally relied on the recorded lectures after they were given, posted online, then they would review them. Uh, And a number of us showed up to lecture to see the professor in person and then um, experience the lecture that way. So having the lecture live as from the professor's office and not just a pre-recorded lecture was very useful to students uh, adjusting back. And then for the students that returned to campus here in Arkansas, we had the tornado come through and that was very traumatic for a very few select students. It certainly added a lot of stress to a few people who had to then go and have their car fixed and have their house fixed. Just another added problem that was not seen, but they have gone through that and they've really had a lot of support from both the students as well as the faculty here in Arkansas to make sure that they stay on their feet and make sure they're up and going. And then for the um, small group sessions that we have every week, it's really interesting to have everybody together, but in separate locations. So people like me who are not opposed to speaking my mind and speaking up, the change was not incredibly drastic, but for some students we found that are less confident in, in speaking up, even though they know the material, have suddenly 
grown more bold since the people around them are so far distant. So since they don't have people staring at them while they talk all the time, they're actually speaking up more and contributing more, which I think is fantastic. Thank you. You bring up a very interesting point. And it's actually a point that uh, Dr. Mazzi and I had a brief conversation about. Dr. Mazzi, how do you think that this format of learning can help a student physician as they move forward into the future world of medicine? I'm a radiologist and most of my career has been remote whether reading studies or communicating with physicians. And I do feel that this, with this whole pandemic, we are introducing the students to a, as a plus to telemedicine, uh, which is going to be even more of a prominent feature throughout medicine, throughout their careers and the careers going forward. Teaching the students through telemedicine, having them take into small group sessions, act as a patient, as a doctor, it exposes them much earlier and prepares them much better for a field that has forever will be changed. Seth brought up a very good point too, that this environment is pushing people to discover what their true abilities can be. If somebody is inward, they're now having to project out more and be more vocal. So it's, a, it's an opportunity for growth in ways that would not have happened at this time period otherwise. I'd like to ask the group in general, we touched on the fact that because we're at home, we may have different things happening to us during the day, maybe family members or other activities, uh, even noise, that are going on in our environments that can affect either our teaching experience, our educator experience, or our learning experience. Dr. Hoffman, can you give us maybe a few ideas on how you think that we could best control that time or maybe control our own reaction to these stimulus so that we can have optimal results. Yeah, thanks, Susan. I recently sent out to some of my colleagues, there was a great write-up in Forbes magazine about how to deal with feeling isolated and having to work from home and switch into different roles, parents, mother, uh, wife, husband, whatever. We all have different roles. And the, the one of the biggest difficulties with that, right, is placing boundaries. When do you take one hat off and change it for the next hat? And sometimes when you're in the same house under one roof, it's very hard to do that. And you have to have a lot of self-discipline. You have to have children that listen. <laughs> the other day, my daughter said to me, mom, she's like, I've never seen you work so hard. She's like, you're always on the computer. <laughs> and, and, and it's true. But the nice part about that, as we were just stating before, is that I think one of the nice things that, positive things, I should say, that could come out of this horrific pandemic is that people are learning self-discipline, they're learning how to place boundaries, and they're learning how to initiate, right? We were talking about how important technology is for the future. I think it's really important to know how to initiate, how to interact with people remotely. I have a son that needs to do it for school. He's breaking up into subgroups with his classmates in order to do a project. I mean, these are life skills that are, that's going to stay with everyone for a long time. So I like to think in terms of positivity that we could actually come out learning more additional skills that actually will be with us and lasting for a lifetime. In this new environment, we have a new term called social distancing. I think we hear it every hour on the hour. That is kind of a new term. And it's almost an oxymoron because we are required to socially distance ourselves in person, but 
as our conversation has illuminated today, we are virtually becoming closer. And so I would pose to the group, what do you feel that this experience has done in regard to maybe things outside of our medical school experience, such as engaging in, in social activity with family or friends via a Zoom type platform or maybe a FaceTime platform, whereas we may not have thought about that before. I believe, Dr. Ballantyne, you had spoken with several groups at, at our college and talked about the importance of being able to do that and still being able to be close, but yet follow that guideline of not being physically close. Would you like to comment on that? Uh, yes. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, you know, the word social distancing was probably a bad choice, but that's the word. It's truly physical distancing that we, are, we need to practice. Uh, yeah, I, I think in many ways, this has brought out more empathy for people to look out for their neighbors, their friends. And it has taught us different ways. So for an example, my oldest daughter turned uh, 23 on Monday. And she lives on her own. She has her own job. I would usually have called her, talked to her for two, three minutes on the phone, and you know, I'd send her a letter and a present. Instead, uh, our whole family got together on Zoom and chatted for like an hour like we hadn't done uh, in forever. So similar experience that everybody else has. So let's harness that energy and let's, let's take advantage of it. Let's take advantage of it with the medical students. Uh, let's take advantage of it on the undergraduate side. I just spoke to a professor who teaches undergraduate uh, students and he, similar to one of the medical students experience, said, look, suddenly I have 12 students right in front of me. There's no front of the classroom and people hiding in the back. All my students are in front of me and suddenly people speak up that in the past I barely knew were in the classroom. So I think there are a lot of, a lot of these things going out and within the context of a in a crisis, a horrible pandemic, uh, our colleagues and friends are really suffering. We can learn some positive things. Thank you. From a technology aspect, myself as an administrator, I can't say that I would call myself a techie in any way, shape, or form, but with Dost Kalik and his team's help, I have learned how to set up different computer screens at my house, use adapters, printers. So I think we're all increasing our knowledge in technology. But I, I would like to say, since we do have two people, Steve Gaines and Dost Kalik from our academic technologies group on here right now, they have provided service to all of us, whether we're students, faculty, or administrators, and literally been able to come right into our homes via phone calling or remotely connecting to our computers and making this all possible. I really want to say thank you to the two of you that are on here today, because if it wasn't for you, I know that I certainly would not be able to get my job done, and you've made it a lot easier for us, provided great information, great help sites, I just want to say thank you on behalf of our school for that. I think to conclude our conversation today, we've mentioned many positives, and Dr. Ballantyne also mentioned that many people are suffering right now. So I know as a group, we all very much want our listeners to know that we are thinking of them and, and wishing them well and hoping that everybody does recover from this illness. Are there any other positives that somebody would like to mention that maybe has happened? Yes, Dr. Loftus. 
I want to also piggyback on what you said. Thank you so much to the IT team. They're working so hard to make sure that this all comes together. They're like our infrastructure and able to help us at the drop of a hat even faster than they were before. So I want to thank them so much. The thing that I wanted to add about this is though we're in this um, time of kind of a, a challenging time we're looking at this virus and this pandemic that goes on and there's not a lot of great things to say about the virus itself in arkansas we did recently have a tornado that came straight into the middle of our city actually it hadn't been for this physical or social distancing if it hadn't been for the pandemic and some of the things that were in place there would have been a lot of lives lost it's very odd to see that in a positive light however it definitely did help our city and the lives of many many people it came through a middle of town would have would have been a heavily populated time through our mall, through restaurants, through places that a lot of people would have been uh, had it not been for physical distancing right now. So there is some definite light in this. There were no casualties in this. There were definitely some injuries, but we were just thankful for the, the fact that there was no loss of life. Would anybody else like to comment on this? Maybe our medical students, Seth and Melody, Maybe give me one or two things that is different about your life in the month of late March and April that maybe you didn't even realize could occur when it was January or December. One of the interesting things that happened was um, as students are, are living their normal lives, we have our social events that we plan to make sure that we get a little bit out of studying. And so we've had a few parties and birthday parties and things that have been transitioned over entirely to online video chatting. And everyone has all of their own things sitting there together, celebrating this birthday party together, all for this person, all coming together really well and really quickly. It's really amazing how our social nature cannot be limited by this physical distancing and that how we're able to adapt so well and so quickly to help celebrate each other and bring each other up. In January, I wrote out like what I had to get done basically this semester, looking at the schedule, looking at how many classes, labs. I was in three labs a week and it was just a lot. And I didn't really have time to digest material, but now that all those have been converted online and I don't have to physically be there for these lab time sessions, I have time to digest material and really like understand the material on a different level, which I think is one of um, the perks of this. And the other thing is, I think all medical students can attest to this, the lifestyle of a med student isn't as healthy as we'd want it to be. Um, we're up all the time studying. It's not the best for our sleep or anything, but now that we have all this time, we're able to actually get the seven and eight hours that we should be getting. And I think that's definitely one of the added benefits of being home. Dost, did you have something you wanted to add before? Yeah, I just wanted to quickly thank the faculty also because they really took the initiative to learn these new technologies at this moment. That's what allowed us to continue to provide an education to our students. So I just wanted to take a moment to really thank our faculty. Thank you. In your opinion, Dr. Valentine, when will this go back to normal? Well, before I answer that, I just want to remind 
everyone, because we've been talking very positive, and I think that's really important. But I do want to remind us that tens of thousands of people have died. You know, some of it hits home in a weird way. Uh, yesterday, John Prine, one of my favorite musicians, uh, passed uh, because of coronavirus. And he, uh, he brought me a lot of joy because his songs are funny and they're, they're you know, easy to listen to in a way. Uh, one of my uh, residents, his father died two nights ago. One of my program directors, uncle died. So we are seeing people dying. So I, I think it's great that we look at the positive, but we just got to remind ourselves that the devastation, forgetting about the economic devastation on our friends and neighbors who've lost their jobs. But when we look at that, I see a positive thing coming out. When we look at why we went into healthcare, if you really look back, it's for this, right? It's to be at the forefront to help people who can't help themselves. So in a way that is a, just a great reaffirmation why we went into healthcare, why we became physicians. So I'm very happy for that. But now to answer your question, it will not go back to normal, right? It's not going to be the same. It's just not, it can't. So on our microcosm of medical school, we'll be teaching different. We'll adapt some of the things we've learned. We'll make changes. Uh, we'll look at rotations different. We look, we'll look at pandemics different. Because, you know, we always talked about pandemics and we always heard about, oh, 1918 and 1919. And we saw some black and white pictures and we go, oh, yeah, that was a pandemic. Well, it's different, right? A pandemic feels different now, looks different. Um, so what we are looking for is to come out of this even better, even stronger. And I, I'll give a simple example uh, that was brought up by the chair of clinical specialties uh, the other day. And that is, we always had a struggle with having enough space in the medical school for all our small group meetings. And now that Zoom is working so well for some of that, maybe we'll use a hybrid model. Maybe on Tuesdays we meet in person, on Thursday we Zoom, while suddenly we need less of the small group spaces and we can use those spaces for something else. This might be a simple or even silly example in the midst of this pandemic, but I think that's what we have to look for. So how do we, what do we take in our microcosm, a medical school, a university, a business, and when we come out of this, are actually better and stronger and move ourselves individually or as a group forward. So I have great hopes and uh, I think certainly NYITCOM in the end will be a better place. Thank you. And at this time, I would like to truly thank all of our guests today for sharing valuable insights and personal experiences during this unprecedented time. It certainly is our sincere hope that all of our listeners can be inspired and motivated by our conversation today. We encourage everyone in the medical education community and beyond to strive for excellence, focus on the positive, help each other, be empathetic toward each other, and look forward to a bright future ahead. At NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine, we firmly believe that collaborative dedication, creative thinking, swift, effective responses, and diligent work will continue to result in our institution providing high quality medical education to our students throughout this pandemic and beyond. Thank you for joining us today.